Welcome to the Cosmic Collective Podcast. I'm your host and psychic medium, Mads, and in this community, we talk about all things spiritual awakening, higher consciousness, and unlocking the path back to your soul. Welcome to the Collective. Hello, hello, hello. I am so happy to be back here with you again this week, talking about something that I have seen come up so often with my clients and really love to give insight on, which is the fact that you're not lazy, you're in fight or flight. So I want to dive into that. I hope that you all had an incredible weekend, that you're having an amazing week so far whenever you're listening to this. I hope that you got to celebrate the men in your life who might be fathers, um, and I hope that you've just been enjoying summer. We had quite the solar flare storm um, two weeks ago at the time that I am recording this, and it brought in a lot of activating high vibrational energy, which tends to make the collective very tired, but it also makes the earth very, very quiet. And it was so lovely. And we kind of felt that as well last week. I feel like a lot of the collective was feeling the effects of the solar storm this past week rather than the week of the storm. I feel like a lot of, um, you know, if you're like in many, many phases of your awakening, like you've, you've been around the block, you probably felt it the week of, um, and then people who are just starting to go through things felt it a lot last week. Um, but the energies are still lingering. We had a new moon in Gemini over the weekend. I kept thinking it was the new moon in cancer. I don't know why I keep thinking it's cancer season. It's not, it's Gemini season, at least for the next few days when you're listening to this, depending when you're listening to this. But I am feeling really good after that solar storm activation. It was a really good time. I personally took quite a bit of time to integrate. Um, I just needed to really allow that process to happen. And now I'm feeling really in my masculine energy. Actually, I'm feeling quite balanced in my feminine and my masculine energy. And I'm ready to tackle this new week um, with vigor and dedication and just in a get shit done in a very flowy feminine kind of way energy so i'm very excited for this week and i hope you are too let's make it a good week and let's talk about things like task completion and being lazy and procrastinating and being in fight or flight because at the end of the day i actually don't believe that anyone you know for the most part is lazy i feel like if you have goals if you have ambitions if you have things that you want to accomplish in life, I don't think you're lazy. I think that laziness would be, you know, from my point of view, laziness would be defined as someone who doesn't take the time to figure out what their goals are. Um, or not that they don't take the time, but they don't care to determine what their life goals are. They just could not be bothered. I think that is maybe more laziness of like just not being bothered and I feel like not being bothered would actually come from like a deeper issue of struggling maybe with like depression or like maybe some like mental health struggles that leave you feeling like there is nothing to strive for 
so at the end of the day, I don't know that I really even believe in laziness. I think, quote, laziness and, quote, procrastination are symptoms of a larger issue that is taking place in the subconscious mind, maybe even the conscious mind when it comes to, like, lucid mental illness, um, as well as in the nervous system more specifically because the fight-or-flight system is um, the sympathetic nervous system. So. I want to kind of go into that. So the fight or flight system, there's actually three responses to the fight or flight system. There is fight, flight, and freeze. Um, freeze is sometimes also categorized as fawn. Apparently there are some slight distinctions, but when I look into it, like freeze and fawn are like pretty much the same thing. Um, so you might hear that interchangeably in, in other works and other studies, but whenever you're fight or flight system is activated. It's activated in a center of the brain called the amygdala, which is basically your survival brain. This is the the most primal part of you that literally keeps you being alive. Now, the thing is, is that if you grew up in trauma, if you grew up in a very unpredictable, unstable household, then you have an amygdala that is a little bit too big, probably. Um, and if you are, um, you know, someone who doesn't feel any emotions at all. Like if we, when we look at studies and um, brain scans of people with psychopathy, which is um, like people who are psychopaths and sociopaths, um, we can see that their amygdala is actually very small. It's shrunken, which explains a lot if you've ever studied psychology and neuroscience and um, just all of that stuff. It, it makes a lot of sense. So when someone has, you know, deep anxiety and they're constantly feeling anxious and they're constantly in this go, go, go energy and they really don't know how to calm down and take a minute and breathe, it's because their fight or flight response is activated. They're dumping cortisol, which is adrenaline, um, all throughout their body all day long and then they crash at night and they fall asleep and then they wake up and they're exhausted. They take caffeine, which pumps more cortisol, which activates the nervous system, which keeps them going. And it's just this constant loop of fight or flight. And this becomes a really damning cycle to be in. And it's why so many people experience burnout because burnout is the result of the fight or flight system being activated for far too long where it basically shuts down on you. And there is a serious issue when your survival brain shuts down on you. Like I think that that is a huge cause for concern and a huge alarm bell ringing in the body saying like you're not living properly. Like this is not balanced. This, we are not in a state of homeostasis. This. this is not a positive experience and we need to stop this. So fight response is basically someone who when their amygdala gets activated, they get really aggressive. Um, this can be either like internally or externally, verbally or physically. Um, this is someone who's going to with the definition, the defining word um, is going to fight, right? So you can think of this as someone who you know, maybe sees something happening in the street to someone, their fight or flight response gets activated. Maybe they see someone being treated unfairly. A fight person will go and step in and start defending the victim and, you know, maybe potentially beating the shit out of a perpetrator. Um, that's, that's the gist of it with the fight response. This is also someone who in an argument will not back down. This is not someone who is going to people please. This is someone who's going to make their point and is not going to stop until they've made it. Um, and you know, regardless of whether they're hurt or not by the other person, they're going to, they're going to make sure that they're, they're being heard or they're, that they're getting their point across and they're not going to stop until they feel that they've gotten their point across. So that's the fight system 
or the fight response in the system. The flight response is someone who's literally just going to run away. They're going to walk away from arguments. They're going to walk away from um, anything in the street. This is kind of, um, you know, maybe we could use like bullying as an example for these, these three responses in the fight or flight system. Like, you know, if you witness someone on the schoolyard being bullied and you stepped in to confront the bully, you have a fight system or a fight response, sorry. If you were watching the bullying and you were like, I can't watch this, like I can't do anything about it, but I can't watch it, then you have a flight response in the system. And the flight response is literally just removing yourself from the perceived threat because the fight or flight system gets activated because of that. That's There's a perceived threat. The, the brain, for some reason, based on what it has viewed through the reticular reticular activating system has seen a potential threat stimulates the amygdala which activates the fight or flight response which then creates the response so flight is just removing yourself from any perceived threat so this would be um as well if we you know don't use the bullying experience you see something happening on the street um, and you choose to walk away you get into an argument with your partner it gets heated you walk away and you just don't talk about it that's the flight response the freeze response is something that is um, a little bit more recent in psychological studies and findings. And it's basically what it sounds like is you just freeze. You don't respond, um, which is why it's also known as the fawn response. Because if you know anything about fawns, maybe deer, they haven't learned um, to like run away uh, from, you know, being hunted, from being, you know, potential um, prey. So they freeze and they just like kind of, it's kind of like playing dead energy. So the freeze response is simply that. So you might see something happening in the street and literally stop in your tracks and watch the whole thing happening, but not be able to move, do anything about it. Like you just go into complete freeze, same in an argument. And then the freeze response is also what the majority of bystanders bystanders to bullying are. They just stand there and watch. They don't know what to do, right? Freeze is a, is a not knowing what to do. And it's very possible that depending on the circumstances and the situation and the context and the people involved that you have very different fi- fight or flight responses. I know I have had instances where I've experienced all three. Um, it's actually, it's really interesting to like psychoanalyze yourself in that sense. So you might not fall into one category. You might fall into all three or two of three or all three, depending on what has transpired in your life. And regardless, this is just activation of the amygdala. But when it comes to task completion, most people are going to be experiencing flight and freeze. So because the amygdala is the basically it's like the alarm bells it's the alarm system in the brain anything that stresses you out and produces enough adrenaline so enough cortisol in the body to stimulate the amygdala is going to make you feel subconsciously like there is a threat and that task is no longer a task it is a threat to your survival which is a really interesting concept right like it i think this is where people kind of get mind blown, at least my clients have when I've explained it to them, is like your brain is not viewing your task as a task. You are consciously viewing it as a task, but the way that it's making your body feel, your brain is actually receiving it as a potential threat to your literal livelihood. So this is going to be very different for everyone because this is going to depend on what your baseline is with your fight or flight system. If you grew up with a lot of trauma, 
and you have debilitating anxiety, whether it's high functioning or low functioning, you just have a lot of anxiety. And high functioning anxiety is debilitating, by the way, because that's what leads to those constant bouts of burnout. But it, it really depends on what you have experienced in childhood and where your nervous system's baseline is. Because for one person, a task might be super easy and not cause the fight or flight response, but something else will, as where that same task will always cause a fight or flight response with with another person. And I have a personal example that I'm going to share with you. It's actually how I began developing the hourglass technique in 2019 without actually knowing it. So let me tell you a little bit about that experience. So I grew up in a very unstable and chaotic and actually violent environment. And I always had to kind of be on guard. Fast forward into my adulthood, even my teenage years, I had such an issue with making phone calls, like such an issue with making phone calls, even listening to um, voicemails on my phone as well. Literally, like it's something that I would put off if like, like I would put it off for months. Like it's actually really bad or it was really bad. It's not anymore. It's not an issue anymore. But back in the winter of 2019, so like December 2019, I feel like I've told this story before on the podcast. Ah, well, you can hear it again. If you haven't heard it, then this will be new for you. But I feel like I've definitely told this story on some level before. But uh, back in December 2019, I had applied for a job with an airline and I was going through the process and there were like phone interviews and a lot of phone calls that, you know, I had to make. And there was a second phone interview coming up and I just like was so, 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 so anxious about it in the morning. I think the call was like late morning and it was very, very early. And so because I was so annoyed with the fact that I like was in my twenties and couldn't make a goddamn phone call, I decided to sit with myself and I sat in front of the window, let the sun beam down on me. And I, I brought myself through the process that Obviously, there's a lot more to the process that I have developed, the technique I have developed, the hourglass technique um, of merging the subconscious mind and the conscious mind. But I, I went through the very beginning stages of that technique um, with my guides in that moment, my higher self as well, where I basically put myself in the observation seat of my mind and spoke to myself as if my brain was not a part of me. So I would call myself by my first name. I'd say, no, Matt's like, why do you struggle with making phone calls? Like, why is this giving you so much anxiety? And obviously the first answer was, I don't know. And I was like, no, why? <laughs> My mind goes, I don't know. I just don't like them. They just make me anxious. And then I did this for about like an hour and a half, just constantly like, why, why, why? And asking deeper questions and asking deeper questions. And ultimately what came to consciousness, what I literally was able to thread out of my subconscious was the fact that my brain basically the way that because of the way I grew up with so much chaos and violence and trauma at the end of the day I my brain basically saw to it to wire itself in a way where if I couldn't read somebody's body language then they were a threat and obviously on a phone call or a voicemail I can't see their facial expressions I can't read their body language at that point, 
my brain didn't realize that intuition could still pick up on those things, uh, which became very clear right after this experience. Um, that morning I got on the phone call and I was able to sense all of it, which was a really, really cool thing in my mediumship abilities and coming to terms with all of that as well. But in my human mind, because I couldn't see the person and I couldn't, you know, visually prepare myself for potential threat, my brain viewed phone calls as a threat to my survival because for all I know, something will happen on the other end of that phone where that person starts to cause trauma and that's how my brain got wired. And so, you know, I would have voicemails on my phone for six months that I never listened to. I actually, when I, I have a new phone and a new number now, but um, back when I had my old phone and my old number, I literally went, I kept all the voicemails so I was like, oh, one day I'll listen to them. I didn't end up listening to some of them. Some of them were literally like 18 months old, guys. Like it was bad. Um, it's really not, I really don't, I really, I just really don't, I really don't recommend it. And actually something that I've done since then, because voicemails are still very hit and miss for me. Um, I can make phone calls no problem, but voicemails for some reason are still that, like they're just still a little... It depends on the day for me. So what I actually have on both my work phone and my personal phone is um, voicemail visual. <laughs> Someone leaves a voicemail, it basically appears as a text message to me in the voicemail app. So I don't actually have to listen to it. I can just read it. And that I find has helped a lot. So if you're someone who also struggles with like voicemail and phone calls, I really just like recommend doing that. It's $5 a month, I think, but it's, it's worth the lack of cortisol spiking in your body. So this is an interesting kind of example that I can give you of the flight response as well. In the past, um, I would just run away from phone calls, run away from from um, voicemails and stuff like that. But the technique that I developed that I didn't know I was developing at the time uh, was a really pivotal moment for me to understand why I was like that and why I was behaving like that or more so why my body and my mind were acting out of a trauma response. And so the same is true with with task completion. And I, I caught myself doing this the other day. Um, it was yesterday, actually. I had to sign cards for um, Father's Day um, for the, the incredible men in my life that I'm so blessed to see be dads. And the I had gotten them Saturday. And like all throughout Saturday and early yesterday morning before I left the city, my brain was like, oh my God, I have to sign the cards. Oh my God, like I have to sit down and like write something and like sign the cards. So anyways, yesterday morning, I'm getting ready to leave. My Uber is arriving. So I sit down, I sign the cards. It literally took me 45 seconds. And I remember sitting there yesterday being like, I literally made such a big deal out of that for nothing. Like that was literally nothing. And it kind of made me reflect on how my brain kind of does that with certain tasks still. Um, there are just certain things that my mind likes to make seem a lot worse and a lot bigger and a lot harder and a lot more challenging than they actually are. And oftentimes it's really mundane things or it's something that I'm doing for the first time that just because I'm doing it for the first time feels really scary. So maybe you relate to that in some way. But all of this also comes from like deeper parts of programming that make you feel like I can't do hard things. I, this has to be challenging and difficult. There's no way this could be easy. And those are also like limiting beliefs that don't need to be present and don't need to exist and are coming from some sort of emotional or internalized trauma from childhood as well. 
And the one thing I just kind of want to note, because a lot of people have this assumption of, oh, I haven't been through trauma. And I can affirm for you that if you are a human being who was raised by another human being who hadn't gone through their spiritual awakening and self-actualization process before they had you, you have trauma. Point blank period. That is just how it works. It's different for the children being born now because children being born now are oftentimes being born to self-actualized parents, which is a really beautiful thing, which is why we're seeing things like gentle parenting. But if you were raised by Gen X or prior generations, you have trauma. You have emotional trauma. Maybe you have other types of trauma. And you also have social trauma. Every single person has trauma. So just a heads up. I've had clients come to me and be like, I have no trauma. And I'm like, awesome. I love this for you. And I don't say anything. And then we start working through things. And then they, they, they'll be like halfway through the program. They're like, holy crap. I had emotional trauma in childhood. And I'm like, yeah, you did. But we're working on it. We're healing it. It's all good. And it doesn't mean that your parents are bad parents. I think that's why so many people are like, I don't have trauma. I have great parents. You can have amazing parents and still have trauma. I know a lot of people. I have really great parents. Besides my birth mom. Okay. But I have really incredible parents. A really incredible family. I still have trauma. My family members still have trauma. We all have trauma. Right. We're all healing it. And that's the beautiful thing. But... Everyone has trauma. So this is why you're going to struggle with certain tasks this is because there's there's so many limiting beliefs and it's activating your nervous system. We're focusing on the nervous system today and like the fact that you're not lazy and you're not procrastinating. Your ego is trying to protect you from something. So let's say you have emails to answer, but for some reason answering emails is really, really challenging for you. What is it that's challenging? Is it because you struggle to find the right thing to say? Is it because you're afraid to say the wrong thing? Is it because... This is a conversation that is not instantaneous. It's not a verbal conversation. So you cannot anticipate what that person is going to say and you're afraid of the response. There are so many things that contribute into one task that would create a potential threat if your fight or flight system is constantly activated or you have experienced a trauma that for some reason your brain perceives this task as being related to right? Like me and phone calls. Phone calls were never a traumatizing factor in my childhood, but having unstable uh, conversations, I guess, um, or conversations that could go one way one second and then completely opposite the next day made my brain believe that certain conversations where I couldn't read body language were threats, right? It's not the phone call in childhood that created trauma. It's the relationship that was abusive and traumatic that caused trauma. And somehow my brain wired that to phone calls. So it might not make a lot of sense to you, logically speaking. But then again, I say that, but like it does make a lot of logical sense when you really look at it. So new things as well, new tasks, things that are new, things that you haven't done before, things that you haven't done often are also going to be scarier for your brain. And this is going to lead to more procrastination and more laziness. So if you are someone who has a task and you know you need to get it done, oftentimes you're making it bigger than it seems because it seems really scary to your brain. And this is where connecting with your ego and saying, okay, ego, why am I afraid to do this task? What is it? What is it causing in me? Like what, why is it stressing me out this task? Talk to your ego in that third person, like ask your ego specifically, like 
say ego why are you feeling anxious about this because that is what's going to help you sit in the observation seat of your mind and I taught this in my free workshop I'll link that below I actually bring you guys through an entire process so if you want to go through an entire process and experience this um, through the workshop then you can because this is literally like it's all intertwined Um, And then if you want to take it a step further with a workshop, um, you should check out the course, A Happy Human, that I created because it's literally nine weeks of going through all these things and releasing your fight or flight response and healing your ego and your trauma and your inner child and connecting with your higher self, your best self and becoming the happiest, healthiest, dreamiest version of you, as the tagline says. Um, So I will link that below as well. And you guys can actually use code cosmic at checkout for a happy human and get 10% off the code for some reason didn't activate last week in the email so um in the uh, website so I'm really thankful for the the listener who reached out and let me know that it is active now I've done test run throughs with it it's active um so code cosmic at checkout on a happy human and you'll save 10% off that is a podcast exclusive so feel free to enjoy that that will always be available for you guys I like like giving you guys little exclusive perks because there's just this is I don't know I have a I have a deep 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 love for all of my communities on all social media platforms but there's something about the podcast where I'm just like yeah y'all my people (laughs) so anyways so if you want to release your limiting beliefs there's a free option and then there's the um do-it-yourself kind of coaching coaching program with a happy human so there's more information on that below, but all in all, um, if you're just wanting to do this like right now about something that you're anxious about, then ask yourself, ego, why are you anxious about this? Like, what is scaring you about this? What are you trying to protect me from by not acting on this experience, this task, this thing? And you have to ask over and over again. Like at first your ego, I think the first like half hour that I did this back in 2019, my ego was like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't fucking know. She was like screaming at me and I was like, okay, we're getting somewhere because you're getting pissed off, right? So just keep digging at it and you will get there. And you're going to realize why you're either freezing or flying. Um, And flight will look like going and like scrolling social media rather than doing the task okay that's that's the flight response the freeze response is going to be um just like staring at it and like not doing anything with it I can't tell you how many times I've done that with a task and I have to sit there and literally go through my mind of like okay why is it scaring me and like if I just start it I'll realize it's really not that bad and I'll be able to get it done The other thing that you can do to kind of negate this is to set a timer for literally five minutes. I wouldn't do any more than five minutes. Get started on the task. See how hard it actually is and reassess after those five minutes because sometimes there are big tasks that need to be broken down into little pieces, right? Like micro tasks. And that makes it easier and less threatening for your subconscious and for your ego. And it helps kind of negate this response in the fight or flight system. But sometimes too, the task is very easy. Like answering an email is very easy. It feels very hard and very scary. That's why you're struggling with it, but you're not struggling with it because the email is hard. You're struggling with it because your brain perceives the email or the response to the email as a potential threat to your survival, which is the base of all of this. So that that's what creates procrastination and um quote laziness i really don't believe that people are lazy i've never met a lazy person in my life i have met people who are not ready that's it 
they're just not ready. There's a difference between being lazy and having no ambition and no desire to find your ambition in life and being afraid to take the step and just not being ready to take the step to to change um, or to do something differently or to introspect or to analyze or to figure out why you're not taking action in your life. The two are very different, but they come from the same issue, which is that your fight or flight system is in overdrive. And I say this as someone who has, for the most part, healed her nervous system. There are still little things that kind of come up. Um, but my nervous system was absolutely fucked, like like royal, royally fucked for a very long time, like capital F fucked for over 20 years of my life. So much so anti-anxiety meds didn't do anything. Um, weed didn't do anything. This might be smoking fucking three grams every day for three years of my life, pretty much. You know, it didn't do anything to help because at the end of the day, you cannot heal your nervous system without understanding your subconscious mind. And that is why I am so passionate about the subconscious mind and why I did the free workshop and why I created a happy human because it's really important that you understand the levels of your mind, your inner child consciousness, your ego consciousness, your consciousness, your higher mind consciousness. They all sound different. They all respond different. And every part of your mind and your consciousness needs to work together to be a happy, healthy human. That's the end of the story on that. Like there really is no debate on that. I have brought so many people through this methodology, like dozens and dozens and dozens of people through this methodology over the last three years of my career, three and a half almost. And it's, it's life-changing. They will tell you that if you look at the testimonials on my website and um, even just the feedback I got from people who did the free workshop and that was their first experience at work with me. Um, it's really life-changing. So, and you can do it on your own. Like you don't need me and the course or my workshop to do it but if you don't know how to do it and you're struggling to get results with doing it that's why those are there for you so yeah that's what I wanted to talk to you guys about today because I have had so many people come to me and say you know Mads I'm just lazy like I, I procrastinate I'm like really lazy and I'm like no you're not you're just scared and we can figure out that fear and face that fear together um, or you can face it on your own, but I really do recommend getting support in some sense um, because it's a little a little scary for the inner child and the ego to go through it all alone. But yeah, I feel like there's not much more to say. Um, I'm kind of in this like era of like just get to the point <laughs> with things. And I feel like that's because I've been spending hundreds of hours, you know, doing all the module content for a happy human. And I've gone, I've been deep diving on that. And so I think my brain is just like wanting to share also like things that are very actionable and tangible and digestible and to the point for you guys here and on social media lately. Um, but we'll, we'll have longer episodes. I feel like last week was a bit of a longer episode if I'm remembering correctly. Maybe it wasn't. I don't know. We haven't had a good hour and a half long conversation in a while, but it's coming. I feel like once... Um, everything launches with a happy human on July 3rd. That's when the course drops, by the way. Um, so like, oh my God, is that two weeks from today? Oh, that freaks me the fuck out. That's wild that people are going to be starting the course in two weeks. Also, if you enroll within these next two weeks, you also get my, um, four week manifestation course, Starlight completely free. And that drops at the end of August and the public will not be seeing that for several months. Um, so you get like first access to it. I'm really excited. So basically you get two courses for the price of one, which is super, super fun. Um, Starlight's only four weeks, I believe maybe five. Um, I think four though. I think four is where I landed with the content on it. 
but yeah discounts are linked below free workshop linked below um yeah happy human linked below it's all there and also speaking of i had mentioned the weed thing i'm just gonna say it here in case you didn't see my instagram last week i celebrated last thursday two years sober and I feel really good about it. I'm feeling really invigorated. I'm feeling real proud. If you saw my email in the newsletter last Friday, you know that too. So yeah, just thought I would share here, keep you updated on my sobriety journey. Um, it's been a it's been a real good time. And there are sirens going off outside, so I feel like that is my cue to wrap this up and to tell you to go be your divine self this week. You got this. I love you. And here's to being the happiest, healthiest, dreamiest version of you. Thank you.